Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. All right, guys. Just like last week, uh, we're telling you guys and want to remind you to go on over to chesapeakecurl.org. Go on Facebook and check out Chesapeake Curl, Curlin'. And uh, we told you guys how we're going this Saturday and we're going to learn how to curl. Well, you can sign up too and join us Saturday if there's any openings, or I'm sure they've got some other curling events coming up that you can get in and join as well. If you want to head on over to Easton area and do some curling, check out Chesapeake Curling. And before we start the show tonight, we are joined uh, by Amanda and Craig to talk about some curling and kind of get some of our stupid questions out of the way so we don't embarrass ourselves on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amanda, Craig, thanks for joining us. Before I get into my really stupid questions, we are all, all three of us, we're going to be curling for the first time on Saturday. Um, just general words of advice for new curlers. Um, should I be doing any, any, anything throughout the week to prepare, or can I just show up and curl? Well, I mean, swiffering before is very similar to sweeping, so if you feel like cleaning your house to prepare you for using the broom, you could always okay. do that. Um, <laughs> or some some yoga to prepare you for delivering. Um, other than that, really, anybody can come out and curl. Um, you really don't need any experience at all. All right. All ages are welcome. And, and if you can't get down in the hack, they even have sticks. And you use it almost like the shuffleboard. <laughs> now, there was, in the news uh, the past couple of days, there's been talk about the, the steroids or doping oh, with the Russian there, team. Josh, well, geez. because I still have five days to prepare, so I want to know, is this something that's really <laughs> going to help me out? I mean, it is a lot more work than people uh, think. I mean, the sweeping's no joke. You really do have to sweep a lot. I mean, if you wear a Fitbit, you will definitely get your steps in for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, I see them I see and I've been watching them on the Olympics and this is you know the time of year where people get into curling because it's on the Olympics the, I see the, they, they, they push the, the, the stone I think I'm using that term right they push or shove the stone uh -huh. down the, the ice and then the guy starts either he's quiet and then he starts to yell things when I push the stone down the ice what are some appropriate things to yell sweep hurry <laughs> 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 is that is, is are they saying when they, they yell like that are they telling the person whether they sh think they should be sweeping or just kind of hold off and wait and don't sweep is that what's happening there usually they're calling for the sweep when when they want it to want you to first sweep hurry means you better get on it really heavy and hard or it's not going to get past something or make it as far as they need to and then the up you just mean that you've done enough sweeping, lift up, and let it go on its own at that point. Okay. And now let me now ask they, you a tentative... They could yeah. jump... Right, go ahead. They could jump right back into a sweep again. So you never really know. You just listen to your skip and do what you can with it. Yeah. Do, do you guys normally have set roles in this, or do the roles, like, do the roles ro rotate? Or is there a role, like, normally someone's comfortable being a certain role on the team? 
Uh, well, normally, like, in, in league play at our club, people tend to have set roles. But if we're just kind of doing drop-in games, we'll rotate um, different positions. But uh, you tend to learn uh, what position you like playing more. Like, leads are good at throwing um, the first person to throw. They're good at throwing, like, lighter stones in the guards where um, seconds to throw the next two stones are good at taking the, the takeout shots, so they're a little bit of a heavy hitter. And then the skips who throws the last two, they're going to be the ones in charge making the calls. And their vice, who throws um, the second to the last two, is kind of the, the vice skip, so the co-skip to kind of help make decisions. And they have to make the draws, but usually the more finesse draws that go right in towards the button. The button is the center of the house. And that's sorry. So, and you get, do you get more points the closer you get to the button? No, it's um, it's kind of scored like bocce in terms of um, whoever's closest to the center of the button. Like only one team scores in an end. Mm, gotcha. And then every every stone they have closer than the opposing team counts as one. Also, nice. Okay, I'm going to go kind of after the interview. I might have to replay this interview a few times because you guys are throwing some terms out there <laughs> that are over my head. Now, as far as pregame activities, basketball, you have the layup lines. Uh, baseball, you have batting practice. When we get there, before the curling starts, I want to look like I know what I'm doing. What kind of pregame activities are there involved in curling? Um, so we'll we'll do a lot of delivery practice where you all will get to slide out of what's called the hack. So it, it almost looks like a track starting block. So we'll do a lot of delivery practice where you'll just practice sliding out with uh, falling over. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll practice a little bit of sweeping so you know what side to hold the broom on. Um, but other than that, it's a it's actually a fairly simple game to kind of get into. You, I have oh, a question. It's that, it sounds like it's a... It's a family affair over there in Easton. How does how did your family get into curling? Uh, well, my birthday's in February, and my family's always been obsessed with the Olympics. My dad always hmm. watched the Olympics, so I grew up watching it. And so for my birthday, I told him, I want to go try curling. And I found the place in Easton. <laughs> but he didn't know I found the place in Easton. In fact, he told me, Amanda, uh, I don't know where the closest place is. I think it's in Canada. <laughs> uh, but they, I told them uh, there's a place in Easton, and we all went and joined. And actually, my mother also plays. So the three of us all played together. We're trying to get my brother to join, so we have a full team of four. That's great. Cool. And, and so is there – so how, how many teams – is there – I assume that this, so there's this league. And how many teams are involved in this league? How competitive is this curling league? Uh, it's, it's it's not really that competitive as far as in our own house, but you can go to tournaments in any state. I think up to 40 states of the United States have curling. And you can travel around to tournaments in different states, and then you're competing in a, in a large tournament. And you usually take, like, three other members with yourself to uh, a different club and play. But the, league, the leagues are – they're competitive in-house, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, even even outside, after you're finished playing, you go sit at a table, drink some drinks together, and talk about it. Everyone, it's very social. <laughs> okay, this this sounds more and more like my kind of thing, except you yeah, mentioned right? a comment. It, it, go ahead. It, it probably, 
it probably is. Some people say curling's more of a drinking club that just has a curling problem. <laughs> I'm looking more and more forward to this on Saturday. <laughs> you all know uh, the rules, right? The winners actually buy the losers a drink. So okay. you win to lose. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I get behind that. Now, you mentioned a comment just in passing, though, that's really taken me aback. Now, you mentioned in, in the delivery warm-ups, make sure, you know, so you know how to do it right and you don't fall. I didn't realize there would be any potential of falling down throughout this entire event because that's when I could really make a fool of myself. Um, is it often? Uh, the delivery thing, now that I think about it, I'm watching them on the Olympics, it seems a bit complicated, the delivery thing sliding out to that throwing line. Is the delivery, should I be concerned about this thing? Should I be concerned about falling on the delivery? Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. It does require <laughs> a lot of balance. It does require you to be able to kind of laugh at yourself because the first couple of push-outs from the hack aren't going to be perfect. Um, <laughs> and people do tend to kind of fall over here and there, but I always tell them the lower you are to the ice, the less of a fall it is. There you go. All right. Well, All right. But falling during, falling during delivery is kind of soft and easy. It's when you're sweeping and you let your feet come out from you, that's when you land hard. Eesh. You fall in sweeping, too? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting now. Oh, man. I was all stuck for this. Now, that sounds now you scary. Make me nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. Falls well, first... don't happen too often. Uh, well, okay. I don't think you've that's seen good. me. Um, but uh, <laughs> a question about the, the sweeping. I, I've seen, and, and this is a little technical question. Josh Burton, you can ignore this. I'm going to get te- technical for a minute. The the, okay. the, the sweepers, I know I thought originally I thought that that was just to speed up the stone, but you can also kind of make the stone turn a little bit with the sweeping. Is that correct? Well, actually, it, it never speeds up the stone. It just carries it further. So the, oh. speed, the speed's going to stay the same or slow down, but what you're doing is you're making it carry further than what it actually would have gone, and then you can sweep. You're, for the most part, in the in the old past, it's always been you keep the curl from happening until later. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're yeah, holding yeah. the curve off until later. Now new curlers have learned that if they hit certain parts of the rock, they can make a curl a, a little faster and, and sharper. Hmm. So it's starting to get a little more technical, and, and the officials are kind of trying to keep up with it by forcing them to use certain fabric on the broom yeah on the broom gotcha okay now when 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 we go to uh to easton and we actually curl <laughs> what kind of stuff do i need to bring as far as the equipment goes or a tire uh, really just uh like i i wear like a pair of workout pants that i'm normally buying and then just i would layer because some people are a little bit hotter some people find it really cold out there but like a long sleeve shirt and a hoodie and just a pair of tennis shoes. And other than that, we'll supply you with everything else. All right, cool. Great. I'm also going to – I think I might wear a little additional padding on my on my rear just in case <laughs> of the falling incident, which has me nervous now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rare. As long as you're not going all out crazy with each other, which you you guys sound like you might. Yeah, that might be the problem. <laughs> They're usually no, no. safe. They're usually safe. Yeah. yeah, the ice is actually, the ice actually has texture to it. It's called what's pebbled. Um, so it's not slick like hockey ice. So it, you're able to walk on it 
fairly easily without falling or slipping around. Okay. All right. Well, well, well this this is good. Now, what are uh, uh, as far as scores? Uh, you mentioned scores like bocce. Is there uh, do you, what does it go to twenty one? Like what what's what's the goal here of the game? It's it's kind of like baseball, I guess you would say. Instead of innings, it ends. So you play a uh, typical league game for us is at eight ends. Um, tournament play, like you're watching in the Olympics, they go to 10 ends. And okay. the score can really be, it, it can be really high, but uh, usually curlers are very um, sportsmanlike, and if they see that they're mathematically out of it, they can't make a comeback, they'll shake and end the game early if the score difference is that far apart. Okay. Okay, so we start like getting at uh, 4.30. We, we could be done by 4.45. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We gotta, we gotta play Glenn Clark. I don't think either side will be yeah. uh, sportsmanlike and scaling back. Wrong newbies. But, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Amanda and Craig, we appreciate you coming to talk to us about cur- cur- curling. This is a uh, an a Baltimore Orioles podcast, uh, and I, I've heard you guys are also big Baltimore Orioles fans. Is that true? Oh yeah, that's what we're from Pasadena, so we're from like the Baltimore area. Yeah, yeah, we're from Arnold uh, myself, so yeah, very, very familiar with with that area. Um, are you excited? I know it's been a tough off season for the Orioles. How, how, how do you guys feel about the Orioles? Are you excited for uh, 2018? How do you feel our chances are? Uh, I don't know about chances, <laughs> but I'm always excited to watch the the young guys come in. Let the young guys come in and play, see what they have, and let them go. I mean, uh, to me. I don't know if you want to go there, but maybe like Machado, maybe they should have <laughs> traded him, brought in some more prospects, and and see what could happen underneath us because that's what we have to build. I mean, we know we have a certain uh, salary cap for ourselves, a salary budget. Yeah. So I I, 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 I enjoy watching the young kids come out. Like Rickard, that year he came out two years ago. That was exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, and we have some, some young players this year, like Austin Hayes and Chan Cisco, who could get the opportunity to play. And I agree, I love watching those, those those young players play. But you're also right about Manny. This could be one of those years where, if things go south, we'll spend the next five years second-guessing what we should have done this offseason and we didn't do. So it's going to be – I'm excited for it. I, I'm not optimistic either, but it's going to be a very interesting season. Right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what I said. My my older brother always says, "Hey, as long as they can get me to where the Ravens are starting to play, I'm good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. competitive right. baseball in September or at least August. Yeah, it seems to be good enough. Right. Yeah. Well, but um, no, I, 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 as I said, the the young kids coming out uh, and uh, what Trey Mancini too this past year. Right. You know, it's just yeah. fun watching a new name just come in and start racking the ball and. And playing out there, it's it's just that part for me is exciting. Yeah, which Oriole player do you think would be the best at curling? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you stumped him. I'd have maybe Joseph. Yeah. He, he's already in that. He's already in that. Uh, that that uh, delivery position. Uh-huh. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, he's got feel- no problem squat, squatting and getting low. No, he can get up and down pretty easy, I imagine. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Manny Machado would be good. I feel like Man- Man- Manny Machado is the type of guy who could just do anything for the first time and be awesome at it. He's just that kind of athletic freak Manny is. But. Yeah. I, I think as long as they got good balance, they'd be, they'd be good. But it's, yeah. it's funny how many uh, athletic people come out to try this and find it's, it's harder than what they think it is. And they, they're going to have to enjoy the cold, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Amanda, I'm athletic. So I don't know how this is going to work out for me if an athletic person looks silly. <laughs> right. so awesome. It keeps what, coming what, back uh, to what balance. What position would you recommend for me? I know we got to wrap this up, but what position would you recommend for me? I'm unathletic. I'm not very strong, but I can yell loudly. What position would you recommend <laughs> for me? Uh, well, then, Skip, you don't have to really sweep at all. You can yell at your team, and you can pretty much, at that point, things go wrong. You just ask them why they messed up. Okay. I, I <laughs> got things on Skip. I like that. Yeah. That's the same way the podcast works. You just yell when things screw up. Yeah, that's that's that sounds about right. it, well, I want the position where you have to sit on the sideline and drink beer and yell. <laughs> uh, well, we do have social members. They just come yeah, out and go. socialize. So. That sounds up your alley, Bert. Well, Craig and Amanda, Absolutely. we appreciate you taking a few minutes and talking to us about curling. Thank right. you very much. It's we'll be out there Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, you all then. Can't wait to meet you. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Amanda. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. So the Orioles got busy. They signed a left-handed hitting outfielder. They signed two starting pitchers since we last talked. So with all this Oriole movement, the question, of course, is, will this be enough to get the Orioles into the playoffs? We got Chris Tillman coming back for another year. Does that mean we get 2017 Chris Tillman? Or maybe when he was the ace of our staff, 2014, 2015 Chris Tillman. The Orioles still have a whole lot of money left in the payroll and they keep talking about a left-handed pitcher and keep talking about a left-handed outfield uh, guy who can bat as well. Um, (laughs) That was a nice question, wasn't it? You guys like that? Guy who can bat as well. Guy who can bat. I threw myself off at left-handed. You mean a batter? The question is... (laughs) He's a batter, yeah. Another guy in the lineup. My question is, what are the Orioles going to do with this money or are we just going with a... uh, less money than last year. We've never ran a time out, uh, out of the clock before. I didn't know what to do. I'm Josh Soroka. I'm a guy who can bat as well. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. <laughs> Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Max Shasta ready to fly. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation Baltimore sports talk. Also, I should mention uh, Baltimore's best sports podcast. <laughs> you get, guys, I got, a, I got a lot of stuff going on over here, a whole lot of buttons I've been pressing, and it just all caught up with me all at once during my, uh, my read tonight. That was the most I was, insane intro I've ever heard in my life. I was hanging up and muting the, the, the phone <laughs> system, and then the 60-second clock ran out, and I had to find that button, and then I messed up pressing the theme button. I've never messed up so many button presses at once. Yeah, hey, uh, I want to give, give uh, speaking of which, I want to give props to Josh. After the Andrew Kasher signing, he had about 50 people on to give their thoughts about it. And at yeah, one 12, point, 12 people. Whatever. And at, at one point... Um, Josh, uh, with every guest, Josh kind of asked, you know, the, the, the same questions. And at one point, like guest number seven or nine, or maybe guest 42, you could, you could tell he was getting a little bit tired and like kind of lose the train of thought a little bit. Because at one point in the interview, what did I he say? like completely dropped off and said, I, I don't, I forgot what I was talking about. He, he pulled what I call a burp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I do it? Mid- Classic. You know what? Yeah. Here's- and, and no, no, I want to give a credit to Josh. Because he has all control over there, he could easily take a minute to a- edit out that that little blurb, <laughs> but he didn't. He kept it all in there. So props to you, Josh, both for having fifty people on and for making an error in the interview and still keeping it in there. You know what? If I re- I recall correctly, I asked Josh to edit out when I goofed up with Kevin Galsman that time, and he did. <laughs> and I'm grateful yeah. for that, even though we talk about my foolish mistake over and over and over again. <laughs> you guys, so that night. I said, you know what, I'm going to just ask a few people and get a couple five-minute comments and do a little 336 mini. So I messaged all of our friends of the shows and said, hey, does anyone have some thoughts? And everyone responded with, yes, I want to do it. I want to talk. I want to talk. So I told Mandy I was going to go downstairs and uh, just record a little bit, and it was three hours to put together that show because everyone wanted to talk and everyone wanted to share. And then... Yeah, I, and, then, to our show. and then I go through to edit, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to shuffle these guys and put them in on in random orders in a different order than I interviewed him for, and then I totally forgot about editing out my mistake because I was worn out by the end of it. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. Josh put in a lot of work. I uh, I couldn't uh, fit in my schedule to record that night, but I, I was impressed. I think he did a great job, but I think it says a lot about the state of the Orioles when the signing of a mediocre pitcher like Andrew Kashner can produce two-hour podcasts about one guy. Like, that's that's... You you thought we right. we signed you uh, Darvish or something? Two well, hours for Andrew Kashner? Well, you know what happened is I reached out and then I realized, well, all these guys are all jumping at the chance because they've had nothing to talk about since September. So all yeah. these guys who write regularly about the Orioles or do podcasts about the Orioles had nothing to do. So yeah, it was but it was good to uh, kind of it was a nice little like spring training check in with all our friends. Uh, I mean, I think everyone was represented. Utah Street, Camden Depot, um, Bird's Eye View, uh, Barstool had RDT. Don't try to name them all. We'll be here. Yeah, all night. I don't. I don't have them all. But I'm just saying, we we got in all our friends in uh, in the time. Even 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 got a text message from Bert's best friend. Who's that? But Norris sent a text saying, "No kidding." Yeah, if you would have listened to the show, you would have found out. Matt and I talked about it. No, I. I don't listen. I know. You I don't, don't even listen when I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, just out, All right, so, out of the blue, Bud Norris texted and uh, he said, uh, "I like the Cashner sign. He's a bulldog with a straight heater." All right, all right, I'm all in so, now. I Bud Norris is in. I'm in. 
And then Josh texted back a picture of himself saying, like, thinking of you or something. It was a little bit weird. Bert, so we, Josh and I shared our thoughts on Andrew Kashner, so we don't need to rehash it. Go back and listen to the episode because we right. our thoughts on Andrew Kashner. Uh, sure. But Bert, we, we, we didn't get your, your take. How, how do you feel about the Andrew Kashner signing? I mean, he's a starting pitcher, and we needed one out of three, so that's good. He's better than any of the other three guys that we could potentially be putting out there right now. Uh, I just think he's a stopgap, though. I mean, he's not going to blow anybody away. Uh, we're still relying on Kevin Gaussman and Dylan Bundy to head this rotation. The rest of the guys are just going to be the other three guys who pitched the other three games. And he's one of them. I'm not, I don't have high expectations for him at all. All right, fine. fine. No. What, what are your thoughts on he has a nice beard, though, that he still hasn't shaved? What, 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 yeah, what that'll, be, that'll be gone. It'll be gone by the time the season starts. So I can't, get, I can't let myself get excited about it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, other exciting Orioles news. If you guys don't mind, just jump right into it. Yeah, why not? Chris Tillman. Tilly. As predicted. All right. What, one year, three million, right? Three million guaranteed? Yeah. This is how – this has a similar deal with um, Kashner and, the, and the, a lot of incentives here. Th- this is how I think the kind of the new way to do deals, and this is how it makes sense, both from the owner standpoint and the player standpoint – this makes perfect sense to do incentive-laden deals. Because if you're a pitcher, and if I'm a player, I'm thinking, like, I have confidence in myself. Like, if you're Chris Tillman, you think, oh, I can definitely pitch 100 innings. I don't know, I don't know what the – has, has it been released to what he needs to get to? No. To get the money? No. So, but if you're if you're Chris Tillman, that's like betting on yourself. Of course, you're going to bet on yourself to, to, to do all those things. And if you're the Orioles, both with Cashner and Tillman, it's kind of a win-win. So if he pitches well, then he makes his incentive. So you pay him more, but he earns it. Like – He's paying – you're probably getting a good deal still. Um, and if he doesn't pitch well, well, then you've only lost $3 million or $5 million, depending on Tillman and Castro this year. So right. the, the incentive-laden deals, it certainly makes more sense for the team than does the players. But this – I like to see this. I like to see this. Yeah, and $3 million for Chris Tillman. The Orioles have wasted more than $3 million on pitchers in the past. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was uh, when we had Drew Forrester. When it was a Drew Forrester show with us as a sidekick. Yeah, yes. We mentioned signing Chris Tillman, and and like he mentioned signing Chris Tillman for for nine or ten million dollars. And I said, this is what I remember. What I said, I said, if he signs for more than four million, I'm going to lose my mind. And and in a way, we were both kind of right because it's it was under four million, at three million dollars guaranteed. But he has like the potential to get something like ten million dollars, right? So we were both kind of right in in the deal. Yeah, and it and that's exactly what it does. It gives Chris Tillman a chance to, by hitting those incentives, increase his value. Not only what he's getting this year, but also showing other teams after this year, like what he's worth. Yeah, it's good motivation for Chris Tillman. Like, if we did this with a podcast, like if, if anyone ever paid me to do this podcast, the way to work out my contract would be incentive-based. Like, get so many li- listeners, um, then that's th- that's how much we'll pay you because that's motivation for me to say insane things get more listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's how podcasting does work. The more listeners you get, the more sponsors you get, the more money you make. Ah, uh, okay, so, so that's what's going wrong. Okay. Yeah, so that is how it, we'll that is how it works. Model. Uh, that's okay. That's what's wrong with our model. I thought we were just doing this uh, for for mom and dad. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Uh, I think know, my mom and dad are there too. Hi, mom. My dad. <laughs> the 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 thing I like about the 
this the, the, these contracts, it feels more like football contracts. Football players always complain that unlike baseball players, baseball players' money is all guaranteed, where right. football players' money isn't guaranteed. This is like a football contract, right? Like, Kashner could be cut tomorrow, and all the money he is set to make is not guaranteed. He has to reach certain milestones. Same with Chris Tillman. Right. Like, you could cut Chris Tillman tomorrow, and you lose the $3 million, which is a hit against against the, 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 the salary for the team, but it's just $3 million. The rest is not guaranteed. They has to kind of have to play to get that money similar to a football contract. Right. So I just, I like these deals a lot. I don't like the players very much, Cashman and Tillman, but I like the deals a lot. So, hey. <laughs> and I think, who said there, there's there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal? Someone said that. Yeah. And it's, and it's true. There's no such thing. I feel like there's no right. such thing as a bad one-year deal. Because if he sucks, he sucks. And then you're done with them next year. Yeah, and one year right. is never the huge numbers, so you're fine. Yeah, the, the only way you get screwed is when you sign someone for like the next 20 years. Yeah. Hello, Chris Davis. Other than that, like you really can't, or like Roboto Jimenez, you can't really get screwed over by a one-year deal. Right. I always say it, it's not my money. I don't care. Just spend the money and get the guys. But for $3 million for Chris Tillman, which basically he's getting himself another walk year to prove himself, like you said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I both moves, I'm not, you know, calling all the neighbors about it or anything but it's good you know i'll take it it's better than what we had before it's not yeah. it's not scaring the yankees or the red Sox, but no, it's no. two it's two more arms and people say we have well we now have a one two three and four that's not wholly accurate i would say we now have what i would call bundy he's either a two or a three let me be generous and call bundy a two and then gossman's a three and then cashner is a five so as i see doros have a two three and five and then Tilly would be, what, a seven? So I think the Orioles have a <laughs> right. two, three, five, and seven in a rotation and a whole bunch of eights. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's their rotation. Yeah, they've got they've got four pitchers, and they have to be one through five number-wise, but that isn't what they are right now quality-wise. I, I don't even know if – I mean, honestly, guys, I don't know if Chris Tillman makes this team. I mean, what happens if Nestor Cortez outpitches Chris Tillman in spring training? Who are you going with? Uh, you're probably still going with Tillman because if you, well, Nestor Cortez is a rule five, so he's on the team. I mean, well, you're putting, you're putting one of those guys in the bullpen unless Tillman looks horrible, but come on. The Orioles have already made up their mind with Chris Tillman. They've had all off season to work, look at him and see how he's throwing. Uh, Gaussman today said that his control looked like it was back. There's yeah. no way like he's been in Sarasota. He's the Orioles know what they're getting out of Chris Tillman. We as fans are extremely hesitant because of last season, but I think the Orioles know what Tillman's going to bring them. Oh, I, I think the Orioles have no idea what Chris Tillman's going to bring them. How could you have any <laughs> idea what Chris Tillman is, is, is going to bring you? And honestly, I think the way they structured the, 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 the deal is he could not make the 40-man. Um, he could not make the opening 25 um, for opening day. People are, are writing them in as the number four starter. We're the only team in all of baseball who offered him a major league deal, and all of a sudden he is written in as our number four starter? When no one else even wanted to give him a major league deal, I think, I think it's an open running for those last spots between Castro, uh, Cortez, Jose Mesa, the junior, right. not the elder. Um, I think it's kind of an open competition there. Gabriel Noah, Alec Asher. I don't think in any way is Chris Tillman guaranteed. And you, I could make a good argument that a guy like Nestor Cortez or Jose Mesa, keeping both those guys better off, because I tell you what, if you keep them, 
Jose Mays and Nestor Cortez, you have control of them for the next hundred years, right? Because they, you can send them to, to the minors, right. they have options again, and they're under team control for a long time. Chris Tillman's under team control for a year. That's it. So why wouldn't you choose if you if, if all things are even, choose the guy that you can have control over for the next five for the next five six seven years as opposed to a guy you only have for one year? Right, that's true, and especially if the Orioles really do, we they still got lots of money left. So if they do still go out and sign a pitcher, that pushes Tillman back to that fifth slot where we know there's all, there is a competition ongoing. So sure, yeah. I could see Tillman get thrown right into that competition. Yeah. Now, now, do I expect Chris Tillman to 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 make the team? I, I do, but do I think right now, just because he signed with us, I'm like lock? No, three million dollars is not a lock to make the team. Three three million dollars is not a lock to be in the starting rotation, and I don't think they're going to put him in the pen. So I think he could be on the bubble a little bit. Now, I think it would have to pitch really bad, but we see it, saw him pitch bad all of last year. If sure. he pitches like that in spring training, I think he's done. Right. I would hope that the Orioles saw more than that, though, before offering this deal. Yeah, but Josh, how come – and I saw this – I hate spring training so much. I saw Raku Baku tweet about Nestor Curtis and how good he looked in the bullpen. Right. How good can you look at throwing in a bullpen to a catcher talking about his arm angles? Oh, he has such cool arm angles. This kid's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> how about he pitched against? Uh, let's throw him in there against JD Martinez, and 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 uh, and Aaron Judge, and let's see how fancy his from angles are. Then, I mean, you can't tell anything from right. from from bullpen work. A bullpen work? We're not even talking about a game. We're talking about bullpen work. Sure. So I don't buy it. I don't buy that Chris Tillman's his old self. I don't buy that Nescrates is all of a sudden this, this sly stud with arm angles who can strike everybody out and get everybody out. I don't buy any of this nonsense until I see them play games. So let's play games. Whoever pitches better gets the job. Well, and they're bringing him in now as he's he's another arm to compete. You know, if these young guys want to make the team, if they want to be a starter for the Baltimore Orioles, they got to beat out Chris Tillman. Yeah, and, and hey, listen, he's probably an upgrade over Alec Asher, Gabriel Noah, um, probably. But pitching like he did last year, it's not much of an upgrade. So, uh, I, I, I mean, but again, for $3 million, let's, let's see what he has. Let, let's roll the dice and hopefully re- regain some of his own form. And so he, he, he can pitch really well, and then we can trade him before the All-Star break. Let's hope if everything goes perfectly like that. Right. Am I, am I crazy? Uh, tell me what I'm missing or forgetting about here. But Chris Tillman... Crapped the bed last year. He was utterly terrible. He had an injury in the offseason with a blood platelet shot or whatever in his shoulder blade that he didn't tell anybody until the day before Fan Fest. Yeah, and then proceeded to have a terrible season. But before that, was he or was he not the ace of our staff and our number one starter yes. for th- two or three years? He was the opening but day has, starter he, for, three day, for three years. He has one bad season yeah, and, and so then that's Guthrie. it. No, but he was better than Jeremy Guthrie, was he not? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think it might be a toss-up between the two. I mean, he has a career ERA of 4.43. I'm looking at in 2000, his best year was 2012. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. He only pitched 86 innings. So his best year was 2014. That was everyone's best year was 2014, by the way. Of course. <laughs> um, we had an ERA of 3.34. But the next year, 2015, his ERA ballooned to 4.99. Okay. Um, and if, you, if you're a believer in FIP, I don't know if you're really a believer in FIP or Woozle Bert, but every I year... I prefer Woozle Every year, even in his good years, he had FIP over four, even in his good years. So I think best case scenario, 
Chris Tillman going to run out there with an ERA of four? If he can do four okay. point, a four on the ERA, uh, that'll put him around Andrew Kashner. And that's, I think that's ideal. That's what we can hope for. And you know what? That's a pretty good comparison to Jeremy Guthrie, who spent five years in Baltimore and only had one year where his ERA was uh, at 5.04, was his highest ERA. Those other years, his, it was high threes and then one at 4.3. Yeah. So, Chris Tillman, maybe I've been uh, a, a little better uh, than Jeremy Guthrie. Um, Slightly. And, and, like, he's been another thing that's – I think that's unique with Chris Tillman is, remember, we, we got him from Seattle in the Eric Bedard deal when he was 19. Um, yeah. He's been with the Orioles with the, with the Baltimore Orioles since he was 21. And so he's been here, what, for eight years now. Like, Chris Tillman's been around forever. Right. Yeah. It'll be his ninth season uh, coming up. Just crazy. Remember last year we went to uh, Bowie Bay Sox and broadcast from uh, their stadium from for his, his rehab. rehab start. And remember he looked yeah. horrible at Bowie. He gave up a home run in yeah. his second inning. Yeah. Um, but but the, but st- but saying that he's been around here forever, they have banners of Chris Tillman in a Bowie Bay Sox uniform. He's been in this organization since Double uh, A. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. We have uh, and we interviewed when we went down there. We interviewed two players that could potentially make the opening day roster. Right, they're in, in the big leagues. Uh, and Tanner Scott and and DJ Stewart. D- DJ Stewart, who a lot of people are sleeping on, but me and Duquette have not been sleeping on. Uh, had a really good year last year as far as on base percentage goes. I think he's an outside chance at that um, at that right field job. But speaking of which, the Orioles did sign a left-handed hitting outfielder. Now we just heard prior to the show. That my boy Gerard Dyson, yeah, Gerard Dyson was was signed by the Diamondbacks, and that's the guy I wanted. And I know the Orioles had an eye on him too, from what I've heard. My sources, I rock back on Twitter. The <laughs> ben, Orioles ben were Clark. interested. The Orioles were interested uh, in in him. He just he seemed like the perfect fit as far as right. as expensive as the other guys. Speed. Good defensively, it's yeah. just left-handed hitter it seemed to make sense. Right, he, he signed for two years, seven and a half million. It seemed like the right price tag for him, and something that Baltimore could have worked with. Uh, either he didn't want to come to Baltimore, or the Orioles—I don't know. Who knows? Because it seems like that would have been a good fit. Or they, yeah. wait, or who knows if they waited too long trying to play the waiting game? Because the Diamondbacks jumped in as soon as JD Martinez was signed. They jumped in like. 30 minutes later and, and signed Dyson, it seemed. Yeah. Outfielder Alex, left-handed outfielder Alex Presley. Um, yeah, so this is a left-handed hitting guy, as I was mentioning yeah. at the top of the guy, a guy who can hit from the left side. Is he? An, a, he's a journeyman. Is he going to make the team? I mean, it was a minor league contract. So, uh, I mean, I think he's he has a couple opt-outs where – if he doesn't make, you know how they do it. He doesn't make the right. majors. He can opt out of the out of the contract. But if you look at his career, hitting against um, right-handed pitching, because you know he's batting left-handed, he'll probably hit right-handed pitching. I mean, on base percentage of of three hundred six, batting average two sixty one. So he's not lighting the run on fire. Twenty seven home runs in a thousand in uh, eleven hundred at bats. So I mean, his he is uh, he he's a he's a journeyman. So he's not special, uh, but, but he could certainly, <laughs> I mean, last year, if you look at his numbers last year, if you want to just take what he did last year, last year against right-handed pitching, had a 321, 360 on base percentage, 
Um, he had 69 hits and 215 at bats. Um, so he had a really good year last year. And so if you're looking for a strict, I mean, best scenario, he's a strict platoon guy to platoon out there with another, uh, another right-hand hitter. Like, like him and Gentry? Yeah, I mean, hopefully not, not, not Gentry. But. I mean, the, the Orioles seem to be signing these, these outfield veteran guys that maybe have a little speed. Yeah, and I guess like if you can sign him for for nothing, maybe it's a good deal. I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing um, a platoon with him. I don't know. I was gonna say Austin Hayes because he's a right-handed hitter right. to go with the left-handed hitter. But that means Austin Hayes is only batting against left-handed pitchers, and I kind of want Austin Hayes to play every day if he's up here. So maybe platoon with a Santander, and then once Santander's turned up, it's kind of like whatever. We'll have to see where everyone's sitting at. But yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, because he's left-handed, and because he's an outfielder, he has a good shot to make the club, assuming the Orioles don't sign anyone else. So I I, th- I actually think he has a pretty good shot at making this club. Yeah, I, it all depends. They keep saying that they're still going to – they still want to fix this position. They still want a left-handed bat. They still want an outfielder. And it's just like the pitching. They keep saying they want another pitcher. So there's a lot of guys out there who are still available. So the question is – can the Orioles make something? Can they do something to get Dickerson from the Rays, who would be a much better fit at this position? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather have Gerard Dyson than Dickerson myself, but right, but that's guess, gone. Yeah. All right, fine. You know, I was just just for fun. You mentioned that they're just looking for a pitcher. Specifically, they're, they they don't have any left-handed starters right now. No right. left-handers. Cortez is left-handed if he makes the rotation. But he sounds like a good a good uh, long man. If all your starters are right-handed, I know Buck likes to have the left-hander as the long man when all your starters are right-handed. Switch it up. But I just went into the MLB trade trade rumors, MLB free agent tracker, and I selected starting pitcher to narrow down my filter. And then I filtered unsigned, and then I filtered throws left-handed. So this narrows down left-handed starting pitcher who's left unsigned. Do you know how many guys there are? Two? No. Two. Who's who's out there? Brett Anderson and Francisco Liriano. Both guys who threw about less than 100 innings last year and had right. ERAs over six. Those are the only two left-handed starters that exist right now. So, all right. Right. Now, you, the goal of a, of a left-handed starter would be to kind of mix up your rotation, give a different look uh, the next day. So it's not that you got three games in a row and it's righty, 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 and they're all seeing the same. Uh, this past week, there was more talk about maybe the Orioles are interested in R.A. Dickey for kind of that mixing up, mixing up the approach. Uh, do you guys like the idea? You know, I, you know, I like the knuckleball and I'd, I'd like to see the Orioles handle the, uh, a little bit more, get some of the knuckleball in, give someone that got Gamboa back. I kind of like the idea of bringing Dickey in and letting him work with Gamboa and, be, have a shot for this rotation. I mean, my honest thoughts are that the knuckleball should be banned from baseball. That's honestly Why? what I think. Because it works? Should <laughs> because it's dumb. It's like a gimmick. It's no, you know what it is? Baseball. It's silly. It's the shift of pitching. I don't want to team. The knuckleball is stupid. It's the shift of pitching. And you don't like okay. the shift. No, no, because the knuckleball, and here you would hate Ari Dickey if it was here. First of all, Ari Dickey takes a walker to get to the mound because he's 75 years old. Se- secondly, the, the knuckleball, you never know what you're, what you're, what you're going to get. One day, ball knuckles. 
like it's supposed right, to. Right. Another and day it just floats doesn't in work. like a softball. And it doesn't work. And the guy gets up eight runs in the first three innings. Right. I've seen enough of Orioles starters going three innings and get knocked out. That's going to happen a lot with Ari Dickey. I don't want Ari Dickey on my team. Get him out of here. Yeah, I don't know. Except I kind of feel like that was what we had from Ubaldo Jimenez all the time. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. And you never knew what you were going to get. Or from Tillman or from uh, whoever else was in the rotation the past four years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, you're right, but why sign an, an, uh, a guy you can't count on when you have already have so many guys on the team already that you can't count on? I don't Be- need another guy like that. Because he also brings experience and age and all that stuff that you hope can help out your younger pitchers. Yeah, and a gimmick. Yeah, we're, knuckleball is a gimmick. It's like it's like. Ball, a, I mean, it's cool. It's cool, but I'm not putting my faith on a winning season on a knuckleballer. It's like the guy, the ambidextrous pitcher. That's cool. I don't want him on my team, but that's cool. <laughs> right. I mean, if he was, if you show me an ERA is down below four every year, all right, then you might get me excited about Ari Dickey. Or if he was like thirty, set in his prime. Uh, but but get, get, given all the other stuff, uh, I, I really I'm not that interested that, in Ari Dickey. That guy that the uh, Angels sign that can pitch and hit. If you call that a gimmick, I'll take that gimmick. Yeah, exactly. I think that gimmick too. Well, let's see what he can do first. He hasn't played Major League Baseball in the United States before. Right. Anything, anything else? I, I, yeah, I, I did the filter again for left-handed hitting outfielder. You want to know who else is out there? Uh, there's a free agent who's out there. Mm, Nolan Rymel. So left-handed hitter. <laughs> oh, he's right. not a lefty. All right, you're right. He's not a lefty. I was just thinking of washed-up outfielders. Here's a couple, and I feel like all these have weird connections to the Orioles. Um, I don't know exactly what the connection is, but they all have some kind of connection. I just know they do. Like one is well, one is obvious connection. Seth Smith is still out there. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Another guy out there. He has connection with the Orioles. I'm not exactly sure how. Kobe Rasmus. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard talk of Kobe Rasmus even today. I saw some uh, uh, baseball people tweeting about the Orioles' interest in Kobe Rasmus. Yeah, about three years ago, Buck went down to his like ranch or something, if I remember correctly, and then Buck and Kobe's dad. Didn't like each other or something. <laughs> so, his, his agent. The meeting ended badly. You guys remember the story? Yeah, except I thought his it was His agent is his dad. Wasn't it his agent, not his dad? <laughs> One and the same. Is it the same? No, I don't know. I'm making that up. Yeah. But just something went weird on there. And what? And is there a connection? What's the oral connection to another guy that's out there, Michael Saunders? Is there any oral connection there? I feel like he's a, another guy who's somewhat connected with oral. I don't We've remember. We've heard his name before he, mentioned. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, another guy out there, Josh, you probably like, like this guy because you like old people who are washed up and a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> it, it, Ichiro Suzuki is still out there. I take I, you know what? In order to see Ichiro play a little bit more, I'd take him. I, I, I have no problem with Ichiro <laughs> on my team. I think he had a decent year last year. He was Where was he, in Miami last year? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Miami. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think he did fine. I... I would love to have Ichiro as the leadoff. And you know what? Buck is in the same mindset as me. Buck always likes to think of guys in their prime when they were the best. Kind of like how we brought Vlad in. Uh, he, where they're just shadows of what they used to be. But Buck Buck always remembers that, well, that th- those guys are gamers. Well, it's Sammy Sosa. That's going back more to, I think, like Andy McPhail. 
um, by the bats, the only bats that were left were these kind of washed up bats. Right. Now, here's his numbers for Ichiro Suzuki, age 43 last year, played, whoa, he said he played in 136 games. That's a lot of games, 136. Yeah, for a 43-year-old? Yeah, yeah, but he only had, he only had 215 at-bats. So he had just, he had like. He's a pinch hitter. Less than two at-bats per game. Right, he's in the National League. He's a pinch hitter. Yeah. Goes in oh, for yeah, a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So he batted 255, OBP of 318, um, OPS, a slogging of 332. That's terrible. OPS is 649. So he's not getting any extra base hits. Um, he had only had one steal. He's not. All right, uh, so he's, he's old. He doesn't have the speed he used to have. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's left handed, but he's an outfielder. So there's that. Other guys on the list uh, Adam Lind. Another guy. Here's the guy. Here's two, 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 two guys that are legitimate. They've been tied to the Orioles. I've heard tied to the Orioles. John Jay and Carlos Gonzalez. John Jay, the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court? Yeah, that one. <laughs> All these guys are scraped from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad. Like I, These are guys' names who should not even be coming out of our mouths. Adam Lind, give me a break. All right, all right. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing out. I mean, you want to me? I could also throw out Alejandro Diaz. He could be making a return to Baltimore. He's a left. Oh my player. gosh! You want some Alejandro <laughs> Diaz in your life right now? No. Right. <laughs> he batted 194 last year with the Washington Nationals. 194. Yeah. Can I interest you in that? All right. All right. So I. Okay. All right. So, uh, so you're uh, saying we'll discussion on this question. Sounds like you're saying the Orioles are done. There's nothing else. I think the roster is set. I like, there's it's... not going to be any big splashes in the next couple of weeks for the Orioles. Well, they've got, they still got Andrew the... Kasher was the big splash. They still the got the money. Podcast splash. They still got the money. They could do Cobb if they wanted. How much Cobb will make? Um, I think the Orioles will sign Lance Lynn or Cobb. Can I say? That? I think they will. You think that's why they're sitting around with all this money? I think if the price comes down, they're waiting it out, waiting it out, waiting it out, and they want a two or three year deal when Cobb and Lynn probably want five year deals. So if they will be willing to sign a two or three year deal, I think Doros could be in on Lance Lynn and Oscop. And if they do that, I mean, they, they, because the reason I say that is right after Chris Tumlin was signed, all the reporters said Dan Duquette said, that they're still in for starting pitchers. Right, now, right. I heard that. You, I just showed you the name, the names of left-handed starting pitchers. There's two, Leriano or Brett Anderson. I don't think the Orioles are interested in any one of those. They're not an upgrade over anyone we have right now. If you're going to sign another starting pitcher, there's no one really out there that's a, a significant upgrade over what you already have. So why would you sign someone else who's just bad again? We have enough bad pitchers. Why would we sign another bad pitcher? So when he says they're still in the market for another pitcher, I hear... We're still in on Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn. Right. And then, but that's where you're concerned of like, I hope they just don't wait out too long. Like maybe they might have with Dyson. I, I mean, listen, if you don't sign Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn, you did what Bert and everyone else thought you were going to do. Right. Nothing. You did nothing else. Nothing. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think fans are going to be pissed off if they don't do it. I think they'll be pleasantly surprised if they do it. Right, like no one at this point really expects or is a sign of Cop or Lance Lynn. So I think that everyone, all, like, so it's kind of like a win-win for the Orioles and for Dan Duquette. If he doesn't do it, well, no one expects you to do it. If he does do it, like, then people will get excited. Right, right, and and 
baseball's finally like this past couple days it seems like the baseball's everything's warming up contracts are being signed everyone wants to get to spring training and the these top free agent lists are finally starting to clear out we saw a couple a few today over the weekend and now it's in the next probably three four days we'll probably see alex cobb and lance lynn signed somewhere and mike moustakas signed somewhere so it's inter- it'll be at least an exciting that by this time next week we should definitely know what's going on with these guys yeah um and, and I don't think Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb's going to break break the bank either. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to break the bank. I think no. you can get. Here, here's the deal. I'll take. I'll, I'll throw out the numbers right now. Give me Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn. Whoever races down and signs the deal first, you got it because I think they're the same person. Um, I like Lance Lynn a little bit better, but you could argue Alex Cobb's better, whatever, because he pitched nails. I got a deal right here. Three years, fifty million dollars. Whoever signs it first gets it. Go. I bet that gets it done. Three years, $50 million, but I, get, I bet it gets it done. Yeah, and that's easily in the Orioles' budget. And it doesn't time down for seven years. Right. So, I, I mean, I would like to see that. And I, I think that's – and if that's a possibility. All right, Bert, let's play Fantasyland, and if the Orioles are able to somehow magically sign a Lance Lynn or Oscob, does that change your opinion? Because I know you're kind of down with the Orioles right now. Would that be enough – to change your opinion on how the Orioles will do this year in the American League East. Keep it in mind that the Boston Red Sox, by the way, today, when we signed Chris Tillman, they signed J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Let's just keep that in mind. I don't – I still think at best, at best, you're hoping for third place. I And I still even think that is a stretch. I mean, you, you just have to be content with it uh, and hope we can compete because – uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox had some down years there where, where we were able to, you know, make some progress and step up in the standings year after year. Uh, they're they're back and they're back and uh, at full strength, if not better. Both teams making the playoffs. Uh, I still don't think we can compete with them. Not not in 2018. Not with this team. Not with Mark Trumbo and, and Chris Davis. We've seen what these guys can do. We've seen what these guys can't do. And more often than not, it's what they can't do. They can't get it done. They're disappointing. I, we need, it, it had to be a magic season like it was a few years back where every everybody stays healthy. Everyone plays above what they usually do. Uh, and then maybe we're talking third place. Maybe we're talking second place. But it's still not enough. Yeah, and that's what it takes for is for a magic season, magical season. You need everything to fall in line, and if you sign, if you if the Orioles add Alex Cobb this week, I can still I'll still be going into this season with a whole lot of questions. But I'll at least see that okay, there's a chance that if this and this and this, if everything clicks together, it could be a fun season. I can I can see some hope there that was not there a week ago. Or two weeks ago, I can if you add Alex Cobb into this rotation. I, I tweeted if you had Alex Cobb and Mike Mustakis, which I think the Orioles could afford them both. Then you've got me excited going into this season. But even just Alex Cobb, I can start to see potential. If Bundy and Gaussman turn into studs that every other team wants these guys as their one and two, then you might have something. But it's, right. a lot of it's going to depend on who those three, four, and five guys and, are. Yeah. Even if even if they're ridiculous and win every one of their starts, it's not going to be enough. <laughs> right, and no matter what happens between now and March, I think it's 
28th, 29th, whenever opening day is, and I'm still going to have questions on this team because I'm going to have questions about Galsman, Tillman, Bundy, Davis, Trumbo. I'm going to have questions about a lot of the guys on this team. But they've also, they've also been guys who have given me glimpse and things to hope for. So, yeah, you sign on a, a real pitcher like Alex Cobb who has proven himself in the AL East, and I'll start to believe that there's a chance maybe things can go your way. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, we are – the Orioles are small to mid-market team, probably more on the small market end. And we play in a division that has not one, not two, but three big market teams who can spend a lot more money than we can spend in the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox just signed J.D. Martinez for five years, $100-plus million, like it was no big thing. And so I, I'm with Bert in that everything has to go right, but this is we have to say this every single year. Right. Even True. if we had the perfect offseason and everything goes our way, I mean, that's the only scenario that we make the playoffs. In 2014, in 2016, those were years where pretty much most things went our way. Uh, and I think, and that's, and, and the Yankees, you could argue were a little bit, and the Red Sox were a little bit down then, and now they're not. But right. I think it, it still remains the same. Like, if the Orioles want to compete in the AL East, everything has to go their way, and you hope some things go wrong in Red Sox land and in Yankee land. But on paper, if you just want to do this out on paper, on paper, probably this year, next year, in the next 20 years, the Yankees or Red Sox could project to, to have more wins than, than we are right. just because they can spend more money. And, all, and and they sign international free agents like a crazy person. They sign international free agents. Who does that? But anyway, they, they're able to do that. And so on paper, they're probably better than us most years. And so, yeah, we have to get our get ourselves the best chance to get lucky, like the best chance to roll the dice and hope everything goes our way and make the playoffs. Right. If you're trying to build a roster – that player to player can compete with the Yankees or Red Sox, you'll be chasing that for the rest of your life. So stop chasing to be equal with the Yankees. Just try to make as good as the team as you possibly can. Then it's baseball, crazy stuff happens. Bud Norris has career years out of nowhere and then sucks again. Like you just hope you get all those career years aligned at the same time. And that's kind of how you have to do it if you're the Orioles. Yeah, it's why we have Orioles magic. We 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 will never be spending what what the Yankees and the Red Sox say. We That's need the only magic. Way they, they use money and talent. We use magic. Exactly. It's what it takes. Well, the small market. We used to use we used to use pies too, but that got thrown out. Oh. <laughs> and we and we tried steroids, but can't do that anymore. Hey. By the way, I I might be the 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 biggest fan. I w- I want Mark Trumbo to do well this year because I hate his guts. And the best thing that can turn that around is if he plays good baseball. If he plays good baseball, we'll all love Mark Trumbo again. Yes. But for now, he's the bottom of the barrel as far as Orioles fans you, go, right? Can, he's got to be. Yeah, you cannot suck and get rid of the pies. You got to at least have fun when you suck. He sucks at baseball, and he sucks the fun out of baseball. <laughs> That's a lot of sucking. But hey, uh, who was booed more last season? Mark Trumbo or Chris Davis when he just stared down all those strike three calls. Him too. Him too, man. And I, I hate yeah. – it's so mundane when they get – we got all these fresh reports in from uh, Sarasota and all the beat reporters are there and they're getting their quotes, sometimes uncredited, and uh, and they're saying Chris Davis, he's taking a new mental approach and he's – and Mark Trumbo is going to be trying something different at the plate this year and last year was a disappointment. And Nessie Cortez that's all, looks great in the bullpen. Yeah, my arm angle's better. 
Like, give me a break. It's all talking, talk, talk, talky, talky. Right. Like, it's nothing. Right. Could you imagine yeah. if Chris Davis came in and said, oh, no, I took the Manny Machado approach. I just went down and I was on boats and hot tubs all the time. And I'm just going to take the same approach if you just swing, swing away and on first and second strikes. I mean, and I'm going to start unbuttoning my jersey like, right. down to here. Right. <laughs> I mean, fact, I guess I'm it's... skipping Fan Fest for now on. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jonathan Scope. Uh, <laughs> he answered that. Yeah. And if I was, if I was a, a beat reporter, <laughs> I would ask him that question every day of spring training. I would go first question. <laughs> How come you miss Fan Fest? And he, he, said, he said he's going to – did you hear his quote was, um, I'm going to make, make it up to, to the fans. Um, he didn't really apologize. But he said he's going to make up to the fans by signing every autograph possible. Yeah, he needs so, to, he needs to make it up to the fans by coming on section three thirty six. Yeah, every time you see down the <laughs> scope, boys and girls, he should have a sharpie in his hand signing something. I don't care if it's a baseball, a tootsie roll, a schedule. He should be signing something every time he has a sharp. Every time you see him. Did, hey, did did you hear the quotes from Jones this week? Yeah, and, and Buck had some good quotes too. But you want to go with the Adam Jones quote? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really understand Adam Jones. We we've been over this before with his Twitter. He he, I don't get he gets out him. of control a little bit. I don't I feel like I just don't get him. Anyway, here's his comments on um when he was interviewed. Uh, he said, Here's some quotes. Adam Jones says this is not his Twitter, this is interview with the beat reporters. Right. He says, uh, as far as his contract next year, um, he says that's up to the front office. Business is business. I've seen all sides of it. And listen to this part. This is Adam Jones talking. He said, I'll never forget when me and Dan, presumably Dan Duquette, were talking about Nick Marcakis, about the Nick Marcakis thing years ago. Right. I thought the thing was getting done. I see the business, and I'm not just going to say I'm going to give any answer because it's what the people want to hear. Nah. My personal feelings, this is my career. This is not the fan's career. So I'm going to make the best decision for myself and going forward. I want, and going forward, I want to win. It's not about money. It's winning. I've got a lot of friends with rings, hardware. And then he goes on to talk about all his friends who have rings and he doesn't. Yeah. And I get that. And I get the fact that he wants to win. I get that he wants the Orioles to show that they, that they want to win, but does he have to bash the fans at the same time? He seems to like to bash the Baltimore fans. Well, yeah, like my, my first response was, well, that's rather convenient. I wish I could just transition to being to any team I, I, that was right. had the best chance to give me a ring. I, unfortunately, I'm a fan, and I can't choose which team I'm going to. Uh, but but, but the, hardware, the, Matt, hardware. I know. I, well, there's a lot of kids in Severna Park that have a lot of hardware, and I don't, and that pisses me off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but the thing that upset me about those quotes by Jones is it's sounding like the ring or the hardware is not going to happen here. And I'm like, did we, he plays for the Orioles this year. Have we been knocked out of contention? Are we no longer in world series contention? Like it's one thing for Burt to write up the Orioles chances. Oh, I didn't I get that. I didn't take it that way. I took it as a long term. Like, like, are they investing past this year with him? Like if, or if past this year, are they only offering Adam Jones money? And not Manny Machado, and not extending scope. I think he was. I I took it as he's looking long term, and it, and they haven't they haven't offered to extend Dan. They haven't offered to extend Buck. They're not offering to extend Manny or Britain. That there's no talk of anyone else past this year. So I think I took it that way. 
Well, I mean, I would take the other way. You, you have one of the best closures in baseball. It, sure, he's hurt for a couple months. You you have a great bullpen. You have one of the best players in baseball playing shortstop for you. You had Jonathan Stokes coming off a career year. You have Trey Mancini coming off an insane rookie year. Like, I, I, I all those things add up to me that the Orioles have a good baseball team. Yeah. And if I'm Adam Jones, I'm trying to win some hardware this year while that crew is still together. Right, but, and I get How that. How about talk about that? And I get that, except they didn't ask him about this year. They asked him about next year. They asked him about his contract situation, which is for right. next year. It's not for this year. I guess, I guess Adam Jones keeps it real. He keeps it a little bit too real for me. For me, it's like, <laughs> it's like that David Chappelle skit when keeping it real goes wrong. One of my favorite David Chappelle skits. I feel like sometimes Adam Jones keeps it a little bit too real, and it can go wrong for him. Right. I, 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 mean, I he's, can see that. He's, he's a great player. He's a great member of the community. I mean, he's more involved in the community than I think any other Oral player. Like, extremely involved in the community. Cares a lot about yes. both San Diego and Baltimore. Uh, a leader on the team. All those great things make Adam Jones fantastic. I just, he's a little bit too honest for me sometimes. And I really, I, I have a hard time getting where he's coming from sometimes. Right. Yeah, I did like, did you see the Buck Showalter comments talking about the team meeting, the team's first meeting on Sunday? Yeah. Where he's, he said it's not going to be a celebration of last year, which clearly we all knew it wasn't going to be a celebration. Obviously. But uh, <laughs> then he went on to say, like, if you have thin skin, might not want to come to the meeting. So I like that. I like, the, I like what I hear with that, with the team fired up for this season, with Buck Showalter, like, pushing for a change and wanting to turn it around this season. Uh, it would just be nice to see the wallets open for this season as well. Can, but can, can, can I say something about the Buck Showalter quote? Yeah, go ahead. Adam Jones? You know what Adam Jones' response was to that? To, to that, uh, you can't have thin skin. Same here. as every like, other year? I, I mean, Adam Jones' response was, those comments don't apply. This is what he said. Those comments don't apply to me. Right. He says, I have rhino skin. Apparently, rhino skin's very thick. And yes, so, it is. Yet his and and I thought this was great. This made me laugh out loud. I lolled. I laughed out loud when I saw on Twitter, Bird's Eye View quote tweeted that 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 doesn't apply to me. I have skin like a rhino, and they said except and Bird's Eye View wrote except on Twitter. Yes, and I exactly. Thought, isn't, isn't that perfect? <laughs> yes. Because isn't that true? Uh, I, I I see a guy that doesn't have rhino skin at all. You don't even at Adam Jones. You just mention AJ. You type in AJ, and Adam Jones somehow finds it and comments on it. Because I said the word Adam Jones out loud, he'll probably somehow use some algorithm to search where his name was said and to come back at me about right. something. So that's why I never tweet about Adam Jones. If I do, I use code names. I call him Bob Parker. If you ever see me tweet about Bob Parker, I'm really tweeting about Adam Jones on the sly. A little subtweet action. Because I'm afraid if I mention Adam Jones or AJ or number 10, Adam Jones will come at me. And I don't want to come at me on Twitter because it, it makes me nervous. I like to suck up to my ball players, <laughs> not come at them on Twitter. But then, isn't that funny that he would say that of all people, Adam Jones would say, I have a skin like a rhino. And he went on to say, I'm, his quote's not done. He went on to say this. And I do like this quote. I like this quote from Adam Jones. Um, he said, this is professional baseball. It's not a daycare. We're here for one reason. He's not, he's talking about Buck Showalter. Right. He's not my father. He's not my uncle. He's my manager. Simple as that. We're a team. We're here for one reason and one reason only. And if you're not here for that, bye. That's the message. Thick skin, that's the rhetoric. But his message is he's here to win. 
pretty simple. I that's a great quote from Adam. Sure, Trump. that's I like good. That quote. I like that. Yeah. Uh, rhino skin, by the way, is one and a half centimeters thick. Uh, is that thicker than normal? One and a half. That doesn't seem thick at all. One and a half. One and a half centimeters. A centimeter is pretty big for skin. A centimeter? Uh, yeah. So one and a half of that for skin. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking skin, not like muscle and fat and everything. Just the skin. You're telling me a yeah, rhino yeah. coconut. You want to talk about thick skin? Just look at a coconut. That's that's a thick skin. <laughs> hey, hey, I think uh, it's a shell. Human skin is uh, half a millimeter thick. Well, we're all thin-skinned. We know that. <laughs> right. All right. Right. That's why you can't handle Twitter. I Googled uh, thick skin, animals with the thickest skin. <laughs> yeah. And up on Wikipedia, it says thick skin can refer to, and then it says um, literally thick skin covering the body of an animal such as an elephant or a rhinoceros. So I guess they're known for go. their thick skin. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah. Well, we also now have a, a show title for today. I mean, I guess because they don't have any fur either. Their skin's got to be tough. It must be tough taking down a rhinoceros then, right? you got to have – well, there's that uh, story, that famous short story by George Orwell called Shooting an Elephant. And he shoots the elephant like 20 times and it won't die. So now that story makes a lot more sense to me why it's so hard to shoot an elephant. Right, thick skin. I thought it was all about uh, imperialism and how it's really it's hard to overcome imperialism. But really, it's just tough to kill an elephant because they have th- such thick skin. It's good to know. Well, there you go. Hopefully it helps out. Uh, you guys see any other – so I scared the Jonathan Scope quotes. He's going to sign a lot of baseballs and schedules. Um, Adam Jones is going to try to win some hardware, either here or somewhere else. Right. Uh, Buck Showalter says, we're here about winning. You better have thick skin. Uh, I think that went over well. Um, any other quotes or stuff you've liked to say in spring training? Um, the beard watch is definitely on. The beard watch is on. I, I much prefer As of the... right now, Casher still has the beard. Right. I much prefer the beard watch over the belly watch. Yeah. Who was there? Was one there? Was, though the first picture I saw of spring training was like Hunter Harvey, and it was like everyone saying it was a bad angle because Hunter Harvey looked like he had a really <laughs> fat butt. But I think it was just the angle of Hunter Harvey that made him look like a, he had a fat butt. But that's one of the best things about spring training. Quotes about Chris Tillman's arm angle and Nestor Curtis looking good in the bullpen session. Yeah, I a love lot of those that. things. I love I, that. I do like the idea of Nestor and his different uh, the photos that come out of his different arm, uh, release points and arm angles. And how yeah. they'll do them side by side by side that he's doing all of them in a bullpen session. I like that. That's fun. I think the quote from Rakabaku was that that his pitching looked nasty. I think there's a nickname there somewhere with uh, Nestor. Na- nasty Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> nasty. I think you're right. There's a nickname somewhere there. Yeah, let's go with that. And so those are spring training stories I'm loving. When did, our first, when is our first spring training game? I know the first one on radio or televised. I think at least on radio is Friday. I saw. I saw. I heard that. Um, when did the game start? Do we Friday. Know? Friday. Friday. Is that the first this game? Friday. Yeah, Friday. They're, they might have an inner. I'm sure they've got a little inner squad game on Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. Yeah, but I mean, I guess but someone else. Friday. They they have host the Rays in, in Sarasota for a little inner squad. Okay. Nice. Okay. Good. Or not is inner squad. A be... little spring training. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hey, have, have yeah. you got, I do say I will say I like the spring training hats. I think they look really cool. 
with the with. I've the, heard complaints about the the, uh, the, the ma- material that the bird is though. Right. Apparently, it's like a rubber like material, not shiny, yeah. metallic something. So I haven't yeah. I haven't ordered one yet. I'm hoping to go to like lids and check one out myself. Except then I'd have to go to a mall, which sucks. Uh, but but I like I like that they're bringing in I like that they're bringing that logo in I I wish they would bring it in during the regular season and get rid of the O hat. Yeah. All right, we've been and that's been uniform talk. Right. Yeah, I, I I'm just sorry. just wanted Whenever to see something that I could bring up that would lose Matt. Just go to the chat room. So, all are right. you guys done with uniform talk yet? Yes. So a couple of stuff in the chat room. Gibby says, I like Davis's mustache. Hopefully it stays for the season. I haven't noticed. Does Davis have a nice mustache? Yeah, I think Davis, oh, yeah. Davis and O'Day both got him going on, I believe. Oh, I saw O'Day's mustache. Yeah, that was a really nice mustache. Davis has the same mustache? Yeah. Davis looks fan. looking pretty good right now. Gotta say, great mustache game right now. Yeah. Um, Chris Davis will be forgiven after he hits the warehouse this year. Remember, we asked him a couple years ago in our interview if he would uh, if he ever go to that warehouse. Right. Yeah. So if it happens, we're claiming it. <laughs> and, uh, Jimmy says, "Hey, if Scope doesn't continue his success, you can add an A to the Scope is Dope uh, shirt. Scope is a dope." <laughs> I like, I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, right. that's good. I'm hating it. a dope. And then uh, Jacob says, "How long will it take for Cash to shave his beard?" Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to watch. We'll have to watch the mustache and beard watch every week. We'll update you. <laughs> I'm going to Google after the show and Google Chris Davis mustache. Don't do that. Oh yeah, it was all over Facebook today. Right. Facebook. Or Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. After I checked my face, I went on the Facebook and I saw pictures. Of- we are on Facebook right now, you dummies. <laughs> That's, that is true. Uh, forgot about that one. Uh, if Twitter would open up a live video stream, we'd go to Twitter instead of on yeah, Facebook. Right? All right, that, let's get out of here, boys. We're gonna hit the outro music. It's been playing. It's playing right now. It's been it's playing. Been playing. You're, you're, you just have a horrible connection. Okay, there it is. I didn't turn my volume up. Um, there I hear it now. I'm sorry. How long has it been going on for? Since, for a while? Yeah. Uh, this, this is uniform talk. This is the. Se- <laughs> this we is just the, get to the end of the song? This is the seventh time through the song. Oh, my God. I've the whole time. I've been rapping for the past 45 minutes. I'm yeah. not All right. Anyway, uh, you can check us out at the Extra Show. I've been tweeting that crazy. I sent out a tweet two days ago and five tweets today. So like that's that's a record five in one day five in one day so follow me for all my hilarious uh tweets they're not really funny or successful i don't know why follow me but anyway you can follow the show at section duty six show follow our instagram write us a review on itunes appreciate all you people who've written us reviews on itunes this year definitely uh, give us a follow on instagram so you can see some photos from us curling this weekend oh yeah absolutely yeah. We're curling saturday so follow the show on twitter and instagram we'll post those pics there um, and, may, and maybe I got some video ideas we can talk about once we end the show. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. In we're, a yeah, we're bringing a videographer to get some footage. Yeah. Oh there. boy, pressure's so, on. Yeah, I'm gonna be tweeting trash talk at Glenn, Glenn Clark, and who, do we know his uh, his squad? It's uh, Kiermaier. That's uh, not a name. I'm, I'm sure Kyle. I'm team? sure Kyle's on his team. Kyle, yeah. And uh, I saw. I don't know who the rest of his team is. Is Drew going to be there? 
I think Drew would have to be the guy who just yells, except he wouldn't be yelling about the thing. He would be talking about something else the whole time. What if we show up and it's Drew and Rich Dubrov? It'd be like, our, our <laughs> Right. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, you're going to want to change it into a fight. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that'd that be the African. Um, anyway, you can follow us uh, on Twitter, Section 236. Follow me on Twitter at Section 336. Follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Brody. And you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. (laughs) 